chapter eleven of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recorded by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain what befell us upon the sand spit down i went the water roaring about my ears and my body pulled this way and that by the undertow which swept me fiercely up and down i opened my eyes but the surf was full of foam and sand so i closed them i felt that i was being borne out to sea and scarce had the mind to continue the struggle then came a sudden wrench for a moment i thought i must have been crushed among the timbers and to this day have often wondered that it was not so but the strain was steady and then relaxed and i remembered the rope which i had put about me and knew that it was the tautening of the tackle about my shoulders as my body touched the sandy bottom with a mighty effort and springing upward i reached the surface bewildered and all but exhausted about in all directions were tossing pieces of wreckage i reached a spar with difficulty and to it clung warding off meanwhile as best possible the planks and gratings which were dashing all around i saw five or six men floating near and among them to my great joy marked the figure of the admiral clinging to a spar he saw me at the same moment and feebly raised a hand in acknowledgment fearing he might lose his hold and watching my chance i swam to him and set him astride the yard he seemed to have no will or power of his own and i thought he must have been badly injured are you much hurt monsieur i asked him while i struggled to raise him he made no great effort to aid me and would have toppled over again had i not held him firmly i do not know my friend he replied and i care not then i discovered there was a cut upon the back of his head which was bleeding freely dyeing his linen and doublet a sombre hue and marking in greater contrast the pallor of his face be of good cheer i said as cheerfully as i might we will be ashore in a moment sir by the tackle about me we were presently hauled through the surf and reached the shallows where a dozen arms plucked us from our hazardous hold and landed us high upon the beach the perils of the last two days ending in the position into which we were thrown had taken my thoughts from the desperate fear at my heart until then until we were surely wrecked and saw all destroyed before our eyes we had hoped at least to get back to fort caroline before the spaniards could attack i made no doubt they would do that at the earliest moment if indeed they had not done so already my god for the first time the horrible chances came upon and overwhelmed me 
wrecked and ruined upon an unknown and barren coast with the indians on one side and the spaniards perhaps barring our way to fort caroline and mademoiselle i was weak and could not bear to think more the horror of it overcame me i rose to my feet and strode up the beach like one distraught breasting the flying sand and peering fruitlessly through the mist vainly searching for some familiar mark to judge our whereabouts the motion of struggling against the wind seemed to lessen the dreadful ferment of mind and barehanded and worn as i was no wish remained except only to press forward to mademoiselle or learn that she was safe once above the roaring of the storm i heard a sound like the cry of a woman and with heart a leap started running with all my might but it was only some shrill creature which swirled near on the wind uttering its storm cry on i struggled heat and fever making riot of thought until i fell again exhausted to the beach i remember closing my eyes but the eyeballs swam in a red mist and burned so that i opened them again then i seemed to sleep and dream i saw dimly a woman seated at a table in a room back of her and around her were many men in armor and their hands and faces were streaked with the red it was mademoiselle by her side leaning forward toward her was a man his eyes swimming as he gazed and his white teeth gleaming hatefully through his beard he had a mug upraised from which the liquor was spilling about as he pledged her laughing coarsely the while i could hear him too for there was a gruesome reality about it the others watched amused he reached toward her and i saw her shrink to a corner away he came again she took a dagger from her bosom then drew herself up cold white and set the weapon in both hands at her heart no one moved they stood those men in armor their hands raised like statues there was silence deadly and oppressive and i was dumb too and could make no sound then everything grew red again and i saw no more in my agony i dug my nails deep into the sand and i cried aloud calling to god it was not so it could not be so i was mad yes yes i knew that i was mad and that comforted me by and by it was a long while for the clouds had broken and the light of the sun had gone high in the heavens i grew better and stronger and got upon my feet cold and wet the wind cut sharp as a knife but the fever had gone and i laughed aloud to think of the fool i had been the situation was hopeless enough but we were strong men many of us bearing weapons and armor and much might be done 
when the storm abated the other ships would put in and take us aboard all would yet be well even if the ships did not come we could make a forced march through the backwoods persuading friendly indians to guide and aid us we might not be far perhaps only half a dozen leagues from fort caroline i went back down the beach the wind at my back warming with the new impulse until i was soon running again i found that i had gone near a league to the northward and it was many minutes before i was back among the company they had moved behind the sand dunes the better to find shelter from the wind fires had been kindled and around these they huddled wretchedly drying their clothing there was nothing to eat save a few biscuits which had been washed up in a cask and these were salt soaked and unpleasing to the taste some of the men had gone down the beach where they found some ledges of moss and rock and brought back a few shellfish these they ate raw from the shells but i was not hungry and they seemed unsightly to me so i could find no stomach for them when i came up lacai the sergeant major approached well sir he asked what do you find is san augustine to the north or the south to the north i should say but there is nothing but sand and sea so far as the eye can reach he turned to de brisac gloomily and together they walked in the direction from which i had come admiral ribault sat upon the sand a rag binding his temples his head bent forward upon his breast the very presentment of misery i went to him and tried to say a few words of good cheer but a deep melancholy had settled upon the man and he looked down at the sand saying nothing i could see that he was in no condition to speak upon any subject i felt god knows keen as he the desperate plight in which we found ourselves yet now that i had come to myself i knew that sighing would not mend the matter and so went among the officers and cavaliers for counsel these i found to be in as grievous a spirit as their admiral broken in spirit and sore in body they felt horribly the loneliness and the failure at the very beginning of a project into which they had ventured all by and by job goddard and salvation smith who had gone down the beach on a voyage of discovery returned to the camp they had come upon two indians and learned that san augustine was fourteen leagues to the northward i bade them stay with us for dinner to-day master sidney said goddard cheerfully but they had no stomach for truffles of shellfish and wet biscuit the heathen scut they fled to the woods as though the fiend was after them salvation smith fired at them with an arquebus but they vanished among the trees unscathed salvation has a better knowledge of the pike than of the arquebus sir 
that apostle of the martyrs stood by looking ruefully at the weapon he held in his hand true sir said he at last tis a toy for women and lads give me a pike or a shaft and a good yew-bow and i warrant our invitations will not be so scorned another time we were to the southward then that was no pleasant information for menendez lay between us and the river of may and the indians doubtless those of utina at war with the friendly saturiona would lose no time in letting the spaniards know of our whereabouts and condition some of the gentlemen went into the forest but came back cut by the brambles saying they saw no beasts nor food of any kind and that they could not penetrate a rod into the thicket we should starve before receiving any aid from that quarter of one thing i was soon convinced we could not lie long upon the beach our mouths agape with hunger and thirst and many more of us feeling the same cravings among them bachas arlac de brezac and lacaille late that night we persuaded the admiral to set out upon a march up the beach many things save food had been brought upon the shore among them two trumpets drums and two standards and so at dawn of the next day with waving banners and beating drums with some show of gaiety and a martial spirit though famished we set forth to the northward ribault who walked with the rearguard turned at the last to where the timbers of the trinity were scattered down the shore as far as the eye could reach he had grown ten years older in the night and walked with bourdelais and the sieur de la notte the mere shadow of the man he had been at the fort and upon the ship by and by some of the huguenots set up a martial hymn which all the gentlemen sang with a fine good will and rhythm keeping the cadence of the march that seemed to put new life into them they were like children and drawing their swords began looking to their weapons and jesting at the chances of the good fight which might soon be they manfully tightened their girths to stay their hunger and each vied with the other in good humor and courage but in the afternoon one man a great burly cocker threw up his hands and then fell down dead they said his heart had rotted it was a desperate expedition and the reflection of the admiral's melancholy in spite of some flashes of good cheer was seen in the eyes of all who knew the obstacles before us any man with half a seaman's eye could tell that any storm that had wrecked the trinity could not fail to beach the other vessels and few of us believed that we would be saved by them if we could but find a break in the impenetrable forest and strike inland we might prey upon the indians and so by an easy detour 
at last reached the fort perhaps menendez had put to sea again in the hope of finding us storm-beaten and unprepared for battle if he had done this we might come quickly upon his fort at the lodge of seloy and by audacity and rapidity compass what mere strength or force of numbers might not effect this was my hope and the admiral took great heart when it was spoken to him we would know upon the morrow in the afternoon the storm clouds blew away and the wind went down the ocean still lashed the beach sullenly but the horizon clouds to the eastward were tinged with pink and with the prospect of fair weather there was much happiness more shellfish were found the moisture of which cooled the palate though the taste was unpleasing and the saltiness made one long the more for fresh water and food at about sunset we passed around a point of land and abruptly came upon the timbers of a vessel the beams were split and the yellow of the splinter showed most plainly that she had been recently wrecked a bit of the stern piece of a pinnace was found which bore the name of the gloire and then we knew that others of the french fleet shared our fate in a little while we made an abrupt turn and came upon more wreckage and a large party of our shipwrecked comrades the worst that we had expected had happened the french fleet was no more i glanced at jean ribault his face was pale as death and when he saw these men before him his underlip dropped and his mouth fell open his eyes expressing the bitterness of soul he could not contain he stopped short and let his head fall forward his muscles loosened and i thought he would have fallen but at the touch of the sieur de la notte at his elbow he straightened again and casting his eyes heavenward said tremblingly the will of god be done but all of ribault's officers were not discouraged indeed upon the sight of so large a company many of the men and soldiers took great heart again and cried joyously to one another the men we had found were sailors of the gloire who had elected to remain together upon the beach until sighted by some french ship while the main body of their company had gone northward others were of the petit jean and of the jesus which had gone ashore leagues below we numbered now three hundred and fifty persons and but for our hunger and the smallness of the supply of powder and ball would have been a formidable little army indeed captain cosette of the gloire who was there embraced the admiral with great joy and baudelet commanded a halt for the men of the trinity were tired out many of them dropped to the ground and forgetting their hunger and their thirst fell mercifully into a deep sleep in which they were left to rest i seemed to have no further sensation even of weariness quiet was more irksome to me than aught else i could not remain seated like the others but must walk up and down upon the sand 
and yet i was not in a fever as before it was easier for me to think thus upon my feet i felt myself most calm in mind and could not understand how it should be so when every new discovery went to confirm the premonition of the doom that hung over us like a pall since that day years ago it seemed when i had bade farewell to mademoiselle upon the bastion at fort caroline it came back upon me as some dream the stifling atmosphere the ominous elements the listlessness of all things human and animate upon the earth and the misery which took the joy from those last words with my love then i thought of those red sunsets upon the ocean when we had sat upon the forecastle laughing at our ill omens and watched the great ball of fire drop down into the purple mists of the hot western sea such a sun there was this night i mounted a sand-hill that i might see it the better a yellow mist rose from a swamp somewhere inland and the disc grew to a greater size than i had ever seen yet one could look at it squarely ere it had come to the horizon for it was not bright and seemed not to be shining at all only a great ball of blood poised in the air which one might almost reach out and pluck from the sky then it fell down behind a line of barren pine trees at the horizon which cut across it cold and clear as prison bars and in a moment was gone when i went back the officers of the trinity and some of the other gentlemen had lit a fire and set in a circle upon the sand a council of war was held the wilder blades were for pushing on at once Boudelais stood up and on behalf of the admiral said he we must be patient to-morrow we will know something bah said arlac angrily you speak of patience as though it were water or sand or anything that is easy to have what will you know to-morrow sacre speak to us of food if you please bigger we are hungry i tell you yes growled others we starve let us die fighting at any rate some of the more moderate wished to wait until the dawn that the men could sleep and so be fresh against any new adversity on the morrow others were for a rest until midnight and then a quick march to the mainland for we did not doubt that we were on one of the many promontories which in these parts jut up and down the coast for long distances for my part i asked nothing better than to move quickly to the northward or westward or whichever way would bring us soonest to our journey's ending so at midnight we set forth again the men moving uncomplaining by four in the morning it being still dark those of the company who were in advance came to a sudden halt in a moment we were all at a standstill peering out into the darkness over a body of water it was a channel or sluice 
through which the tide was running strongly into the sea the line of the beach took a turn sharply to the left and follow it as we might there was no chance to gain our way to the mainland across the channel from time to time we fancied we could make out the twinkling of lights small like stars but whether they were glow-flies or lights of lanterns or fires upon a distant beach we could not discover men were at once set to work building large rafts out of small trees upon which when day dawned we might make our way across this channel slowly the dawn came up out of the sea and a faint glow spread over the sky overhead turning it to a color deep and fathomless one by one the lines of foam on the bar came out of the darkness until the sea was dark against the lightning sky and the stars grew fainter in the glow of coming day it was cool and frosty the freshness of something new begun and the dry grasses behind us were trembling together in the morning breeze never did the spur of newborn day find such ready response for the blithe frenchmen hungry as they were answering readily to the crisp call of the dawn set about putting their weapons to rights and gathered together in their companies in fine fettle by and by we could plainly see the low-lying beach of a shore not far distant across the channel we seemed on a kind of cape or sandspit for the bay lay far around to the left and was lost in the angle of the sand dunes there were sand dunes there across this channel in plenty too and bushes and hills higher than those we had passed the sergeant major lacaille the chevalier de brezac and bachas came and stood by me waiting until we could clearly make out the line of the coast presently upon a hill outlined clear against the sky his arquebus upon his shoulder and his breast-pieces and helmet catching the first glint of the morning light a soldier appeared i fancied that my mind had played my eyes some trick but the sergeant-major saw him at the same time and in a moment there followed two three five figures who stood beside the first one pointing at us and waving their arms were they friends or enemies protestants or catholics i strained my eyes to find in their garb or manner some familiar sign we had not long to wait for in a moment other soldiers appeared from behind the hills and out on the air there floated the ominous standard of spain End of chapter eleven